this fourth Sunday in the season of Lent, we have a odd and quirky story from the book of Numbers. And to put this in context, the Hebrew people have been wandering through the wilderness. God has liberated them from slavery in Egypt, and they are in that difficult place of transition from freedom newly experienced and not yet settled in their own place. And as they move through the wilderness, they struggle with hunger and thirst and getting tired and they become impatient. And notice that they are hungry and they ask for food and yet they don't have the food that they have. So let us receive this story from the book of Numbers. From Mount Hor, the Israelites set out by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people became impatient on the way. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten will look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it on a pole. And whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. The word of the Lord. Be Holy and gracious God, we come before you this day seeking healing, healing for our bodies, healing for our souls, healing for the soul of our nation, healing for relationships, healing for all of the hungry people in the world. We are so in need of your grace and your mercy. As we open our hearts to you now, so enter in with the love that can transform our lives and bring us the wholeness that you desire. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of your people be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. If the Bible were a box, it would be full of an assortment of some very strange things. Turn it upside down and out would fall a suit of armor 
mustard seeds, frogs, silver coins, and a knotted old walking stick with a bronze serpent wrapped around it. That snake, which for ancient peoples was a symbol of both death and life. For the bite of the snake was poisonous and could kill, but the venom also holds the antidote. And the snake sheds a skin, the death, and slithers away with a brand new life. So God gives this healing rod to Moses as a gift to heal the people of the venom of the poisonous, or as the text literally says, fiery serpents that have invaded their camp. There's a promise. Where there is death, God finds a way to life. Yet this is a troubling story, and truth be told, as pastor and preacher, I sometimes wonder, should I take this out of the box and show it to them? Or should we just leave it in the bottom of the box, hidden under a pile of lilies of the field and sparrows' nests, where they can never find it? For what kind of a gods would send poisonous snakes to punish people for complaining? Now it is true that God has provided for them over and over and over again. But if God punished people for complaining, would we not all be dead? The people cry out and ask Moses to pray to God to take the snakes away. So why doesn't God just take the snakes away? And why does Moses look so much like Gandalf the Great? Right? With that pole and that seemingly magic stick. Now we know that religion and prayer are not magic. But I think that there is a part of us that wishes it were, that we want Moses to be Gandalf the Great with that magic staff. And I think that when our prayers to take away the snakes are not answered in the ways in which we hope, we are a bit spiritually bereft that Moses isn't Gandalf, and that prayers aren't magic. Now, there is a wisdom in this story about the healing that comes when we honestly face the things that poison our lives and cause us to suffer. When we honestly face them. I preached a magnificent sermon sometime in the early 2000s on exactly that theme. I'll put it on the web if you'd like to see that one. But today I felt very called to preach about prayer and healing in a more global way. And I felt called to offer us a time just to be in prayer. So 
We have taken the walking stick with the bronze snake out of the box. And I want to share with you what I have come to believe about healing and praying. Or what I have come to believe after 25 years of praying for people. What I have come to believe so far. I believe that reality is infused with the power and the presence of the holy. I believe that this is a layer of reality, and I believe that this is God. I believe that this is the sacred more that transcends the material world. The more which gives life and makes us whole, that is generative and creative that is best expressed as pure love. This more can be calm and gentle, it can be comforting and soothing, and it can be fierce. Yet it is constant. It is always present, always with us, always for us. The God I believe in would never send poisonous snakes. Whether we know it or not, or whether we believe it or not, whether we are a child in a distant nation who has never heard of God, God is there for that one. We cannot control this sacred more, and we cannot block it. We cannot manipulate it to our own desires. But as Pastor Eric said in the children's sermon, we can become more open to it, and we can become more present to this mystery. We can learn to pay attention to it, and we can tap into it. One of my favorite theologians, John Dominic Croissant, likens prayer to the outlet by which we connect to the power of God. Prayer. The Apostle Paul tells us that as we pray, or even as we begin to think of the notion of praying, that the power of God is already at work in us, praying through us and for us, so that prayer is a collaboration of our spirit with the very spirit of God. In the Greek, there is this word dunamis, which is the mystery of the power of God. And when we open the core of our being, the life-giving power of love gives strength. It helps us to bear suffering. It removes shame and guilt. It moves whole nations towards healing. We are held in the love of God. The very particles in our being vibrate to the mysterious dunamis of God. We can feel nothing. And at times we can be overwhelmed with a profound sense of grace. I offer this service 
this healing time because I have been fortunate to have been able to experience this kind of service a number of times in my life. I have come forward and asked to be healed of grief. I have come forward and asked to be healed of a medical condition. I have been asked to have the courage to face the treatment. I have asked to have the courage to face the truth that what I pray for, what I desire might not happen and that then I may be cured of my sadness. At times I have known the spirit rushing through me. At times I may have sensed a whisper of hope or a calm. Or gone away wondering but I have found it enough to keep me going. I have prayed for others in this time of healing prayer. I have prayed for people to receive relief from suffering. I have prayed for the peace that comes at a time when we go to be to God at the end of our lives. People sometimes ask me, is it okay to pray for someone to die? Sometimes that's how God heals us. God's presence is with each of us working in us and through us and with us and for us, for the healing of each single one of us, for the healing of those whom we love, for the healing of every person and for the healing of the world. Prayer empowers us to keep going. We often hear thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, give me more than thoughts and prayers. My friends, I tell you, Prayer prepares us for action. Prayer prepares us for healing work. Prayer sustains us even when we are called to walk through snakes. God is always with us, always loving us, always seeking to make us whole. Amen.